Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 82. This is our US Open DraftKings show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour preview at Golf Betting System. And I'm honoured this morning to have European Tour expert Paul Williams on board. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How's things? I'm all good. I know that you're set to go with your DraftKings teams. You've been busy yeah. researching yeah. and building. Trying to find that elusive six-man team that's going to uh, that's going to do the business this week. Mm, absolutely. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. We've had about I don't know a good 50, 75 people join the group already in US Open tournament week. So don't hesitate. Come across. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bamford Golf. You can follow Paul at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and a myriad of different pod channels. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. It is true that. The ratings and reviews on iTunes is our currency, and that's the currency of podcasts. So uh, if you could spare the time to give us um, a rating and a review, that would be much appreciated. Leave your name in the review so we can read it out on our next podcast. That is something that our friend Hans Givers from Florida has done for us. He's written, Best Golf Podcast is the title, five stars. In my opinion, these gentlemen are without doubt the best in the business. That's praise, isn't it, Paul? Mm, very nice. Thank you, Steve, for backing Shane Lowry last week. I won a fan duel tournament largely due to having Lowry in my lineup. He was largely overlooked by the DFS community. Cheers. That's from Hands in Florida. Thanks, yeah. Hands. Yeah, thanks, Hands. And it's nice to say that. Uh, some of, the, some of the content that we talk about, some of the players that we mention or back from a betting perspective actually uh, translate to, to de- decent DFS points, as you'd expect, and uh, and some of you guys profiting from it. So that's that's all good as well. So, yeah, nice one, Hans. Thanks for that. And uh, well done with your uh, fan duel win last week. I think you and I do look at things differently to a lot of people in the DFS community. Um, I think you, living over here in the United Kingdom might have an element of that because we're a nation of betters rather than pl- uh, DraftKings players. So I don't think we're quite as t- uh, statistically or model-orientated. So someone like Shane Lowry last week, if you looked at him at, at, in, a, in a model with season-long statistics mm. driving that, he isn't impressive. And he's the kind of player that would never be impressive statistically, Shane Lowry, because he has bad weeks and he has exceptional weeks. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of pick comes more from knowledge of where Shane Lowry plays his best golf uh, and the kind of courses he likes. And you build that into into your selection rather than just looking at strokes gain numbers. Yeah, and I think because we're predominantly approaching it from a betting perspective, um, you know, from 90% of the time, you know, notwithstanding we do do our bit with DFS and, uh, you know, we're both avid DraftKings players anyway. But um, aside from that, if you're approaching it 
mainly from a betting perspective. I think it does throw up some different names and perhaps it makes your lineups more risky because I think backing players in the outright markets, outright betting markets, is a different uh, a different game because you'll accept that some of them will miss the cut. Um, but then that week that they have a good week, you might find they finish top five, top eight, whatever it is you're trying to achieve to uh, to land your bet. Um, of course, a missed cut from a DraftKings perspective is, uh, is, is bad news. So perhaps it leads to more risky uh, lineups if you follow that logic. You know, all the way down to the to the picks that we put up from a uh, from a betting perspective. But um, but equally, if they land, then perhaps you're going for that contrarian view that then lands you a big prize. It's uh, mm. it's an interesting angle. We've got some questions here, Paul. Before we crack on, mm-hmm. so thank you for those questions. The first one is from Haller Derg. He's uh, his Twitter handle is at Halladurg, so why don't give him a follow? Who do you think are, uh, who is the most likely to make the cut at $6,900 and below? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a critical price point, isn't it? Because I mean, I've gone through and I've built a few lineups already and you inevitably end up with... Um, that final spot where you're trying to fill um, and it's going to be someone in that kind of bracket. Um, and I ended up with two actually down there that I felt really quite comfortable with. Um, Eric Van Royen and Danny Willett were the two that I've put and I've, I've probably used them um, probably too heavily so far in the lineups that I've built. So I need to be a little bit more um, um, less reliant on those two. But, uh, but Van Royen um, has shown some decent form. Um, six top twenties in his last nine. I mean, that's decent form enough for um, for for a drafting perspective. Seventeenth in the Open Championship, remember last year? He was he was really quite po- prominent, wasn't he, for mm. a long spell of that um, yeah. that Open Championship. Um, eighth at the PGA recently. Second for driving actually in Canada last time out, which caught my eye as well. So, um, I mean, from an outright perspective, if you're betting on him, then you're looking around about 150 to one, which was was reasonably tempting, I must say. I just I don't think he's got the minerals to to get himself over the line in a in a major just yet. He's a he's a talented boy though. Um, but um, but yeah, could he could he kind of top 15, top 10? I think I think there are far worse shouts actually out there than Van Roy. And Danny Willett is another one, six eight. I mean, his price hasn't been. He uh, was priced prior to the Canadian effort, so that price point at the bottom there um, is probably a little bit false. He should probably be a little bit higher than that. But um, yeah, I can I can see Danny making the uh, making the cut as well. I mean, we know from Danny's perspective that he's got the uh, ability to uh, contend, and well, clearly he won the won the green jacket, didn't he? So um, yeah, I think I think of the players at that kind of price point, they're the two that I would. Veered or I have veered towards anyway. He's Anyone a pure grinder, him? isn't he? Will it? Yeah, I think the I think the conditions kind of suit him. I think the um, you know it's going to be it's going to be northern European style weather and conditions. It's you know it's it's not going to touch twenty Celsius. It's going to be below seventy Fahrenheit for the week. Yeah, it's not going to be overly windy, but it's going to be far more akin to a kind of you know a, a British test. I think that's you know a British seaside test. It's going to feel a bit like that. I think for these players and. Uh, mm. You know these, these these guys that have been brought up in that kind of 
uh, with that kind of golf are going to feel feel quite at home. And yeah, I, I like Danny's price point this week. I must say. Danny Moore looks He's, he's, a, he's at exactly the same price as Teal Bill and Olsen. And yeah. we know with Olsen, he blows very, very cold and very, very hot. And he seems mm. to be having a post-Ryder Cup qualification, very cold season. Yeah, he's a tough and one. And in a DraftKings sense, you'd take Willett every day of the week over Olsen right now, just for that thought of getting through those first two rounds. Don't forget, I mean, this US Open, don't bear, bear this in mind, you know, a lot of this field is of very poor quality. Mm. And... It does feel achievable to be able to get six or six through to the uh, through to the to the uh, payout rounds Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, if you're very very you know sensible about who you pick. Any love any love for Bernd Wiesberger? He's well, been he, he's been rejuvenated of recent, isn't he? Yeah, he has. He got a late call up to to um, to, to come into the uh, to, to play the event as well, and. Uh, He's a good greens in regulation merchant when his game's on, and it has been, you know, clearly has been. He won recently, mm. and uh, he's been improving. I, I do think this is going to be won or lost on and around the greens. I think so many greens are going to be missed this week, and even the winners are going to be struggling to get high into the 60s in terms of greens and regulation. Um, and when Burnt wins, it tends to be when, or when he contends, it tends to be when he's able to shoot kind of 80, 85% greens in regulation and, uh, you know, he's not putting any pressure on his short game. Yeah, and, okay. and I don't think anyone's going to find that kind of level this week. You know, if someone no. if someone gets into the 70s in terms of greens regulation, then, you know, that's, that's hats off. It's, you know, proper proper applauding stats for that, that kind of that kind of level. So I, I, if he does that, then he's going to get close to it. But um, but no, not, not for me, I don't think. Uh. In my technical ranking, so based upon the last five years, these are guides across the PGA Tour, uh, solely PGA Tour, including mm. World Golf Championship, of course, majors. Uh, the highest ranking player that I'm seeing, sub 7,000, is Charles Howard III. But he seems to have gone into a real slump at the moment, yeah, and his pebble, pebble record is very, very poor. Yeah, he used to be a kind of one of these reliable... Top ten, you know, eighth, tenth, twelfth type finishes, and for, yeah. for you know, for this kind of task, he's he's always a, a good shout, and particularly at the price six nine. But as you say, he's been right mm. off the boil, hasn't he? I, I, Not playing I've well. Got a feeling there was a, a, a niggling little injury that was uh, that was bothering him as well. So, so yeah, I, again, it's not one I can go go near at that price level. I don't think. One player I mentioned to you last week when I was digging through Pebble Beach averages. I'm going to put a link through to this. We're going to talk about this in more detail in a little while. But um, I'm going to reference a player at the moment who is playing outstanding golf on the web.com tour. Mm. And um, he had a, he had quite, he had a couple of seasons on the PGA Tour and he was a, a decent enough standard. But he has caught fire. And you often get in these US Opens a player of the like, oh, I'm trying to remember some in the past, a, a Sam Burns, uh, a player that's been playing lights out on the web.com, gets a top 25 at the US Open, goes back to the web.com and then wins another web.com title. Yeah, yeah. And I can see someone like the ilk of Luke Guthrie doing very much the same this week. 
Yeah. Uh, what I'd, price I'd have yeah. we got Guthrie at? I'm trying to find Guthrie uh, on my six, list. Six, six, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's got a couple of solid efforts at Pebble. Um, he has, as you say, yeah. his, um, his recent form, yeah, was at three top sixes in his last five outings on the mm. web.com. It's a reasonable enough. It's whether that translates to to uh, the US Open test. It's um, That's the challenge. It's, it's a 26 and a 35th at the AT&T Pebble Beach mm. Pro Net Pro-Am here. And he averages 70 and a, a 70.5 across um, his pure Pebble Beach form, which actually lists him alongside the likes of Adam Scott and Justin Rose, Mark Leishman. So... He's, that's pretty decent company for Luke Guthrie. I think just when you're playing great golf and you're high on confidence, I could just see someone like Luke Guthrie, not challenging, but certainly making the cut and certainly um, generating some half-decent DraftKings points. Yeah, so I mean, in the same point. that came to my mind, potentially. Yeah, and in, 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 you know, with the same kind of... Uh, concept Scotty Scheffler's been playing well on the, yeah. uh, the web.com as well, hasn't he? And uh, 27th um, on his last US Open start, the year before last as well. So, you know, if you're looking for a player who's playing some decent golf at um, that lower level, um, you know, who could sneak in, you know, make the cut for, for that kind of price, that's a, that's a bonus. And then if he's getting into the top 30, top 20, then uh, he's making you some decent points, then, isn't he? Right, a question from Hans Geevers at Geevers Golf on Twitter. Give him a follow. What do you think of Scott Piercy at seven thousand, and what who do, and CT Pan at seven thousand one hundred? Personally, mm. my personal view, I would take Pan over Piercy. Right now, Pan, um, a lot of experience at Torrey Pines. I know that he used to play a lot of junior golf at Torrey Pines. Did very well in the Junior World Championships there. Had a top 10 at Torrey Pines on his course debut there a couple of years ago. Bearing in mind that Torrey Pines is the longest PGA Tour course on the schedule and CT Pan is one of the shortest hitters on the schedule. It just shows you he has a like for Poana Greens and he's a good putter. He's in decent nick at the moment, Pan. I'm not saying mm. that Piercy isn't, but I just think Pan with his excellent short game and his very good approach game around a, a course where... He can probably sneak a driver down there because he's accurate off the tee. He can sneak driver, get to the kind of spots on the fairways that you need to for your second shot approaches. I think Pan, I take Pan at seven one over Piercy personally. Yeah, see, um, I've gone completely the other way. I've I've used Piercy in a few of my teams. Um, I, what put me off a little bit with Pan was his only attempt at uh, Pebble. He's missed the cut. His major record is two missed cuts from two. So, um. It just, I mean, he's playing some far better golf now, and I, I, I get that, I, I understand that. It just felt to me, Pierce has got that little bit of quality in terms of US Open history. He was second back in 2016, wasn't it? Um, late into the field, but um, recently, second um, second to Byron, wasn't he, where he went bogey-free for the entire four days. Mm. You know, if you're avoiding bogeys around the US Open, then... Uh, yeah, that's that's a huge, huge plus. Tenth at Pebble earlier this year as well. So, um, yeah, I've got I've I've gone completely the other way. So I'm not sure that answers your question at all, Hans. Unfortunately, but um, perhaps if you fancy either or of those, then, uh, then then mix them up in your teams. There's no definitives, are there? No, absolutely. 
Um, and another one from Hands. Curious if you guys think Brian Stewart has the potential for a top 25 this week. He's only 6,600 on DraftKings. Now, his name did pop up on our Pebble Top 10 data, mm. of which I'll go into in a little bit more detail. But he, of the guys that have played a minimum of eight competitive rounds at, Tor at uh, Pebble Beach from 2011 through 2019, our friend Brian Stewart ranks in fifth spot yeah. with an average of 70.11. My concern with that being that clearly that is played to a resort golf kind of standard where you've got pro-am and amateurs playing on a course that's soft and very attackable. Um, I don't see a lot in Brian Stewart's history that suggests he's a good US Open player. But this is going to be quite a specialised test in terms of um, Pebble Beach and the way that it stacks up with a standard US Open course. So, yeah, I, I could potentially steward's see Stewart, you know, sneaking through uh, to, uh, I don't know about top 25, but certainly making the cut, I can see that potentially. Yeah, again, the little bit that's off-putting with Stewart is that of his four US Open attempts, he has missed the cut on each occasion, but perhaps this is a little bit more up his alley. Yeah. Um, he is driving the ball well at the moment, and that's evident in his stats, and uh, yeah, you know, he's yeah, a decent yeah. short game player, which, again, as we've said, I think is going to be a critical part of the uh, part of the mix this week so um yeah i at that kind of price there's there's no reason to to ignore him i don't think if you're looking for someone in that six six bracket to yeah um to fill there's one of worse teams. down there isn't there absolutely yeah absolutely there's worse anna i mean i've got pat and kazire at six seven or ollie schneider jans I, I i wouldn't be touching either of those personally but um you know the other one you know who might make a stand down at 6-6 six, six, and really it, it does tend to uh, what way he gets out of bed, bed in the morning is Luke Donald mm. you have got a lot of experience there uh, ex-world number one uh, major top five performer and he's sitting there at 6-6 six, six, and we know that there's been a a kind of what's the word rejuvenation from Luke on certain outings recently yeah he's not really been stringing it together for four full rounds no. over recent weeks has he but there have been signs every now been. and again that he's mm. uh, he's finding some game and um, if know, he can actually hit some fairways we know that his short game is still absolutely mm. exemplary yeah if, clearly if he's hitting 33.3 percent gir he's going to miss the cut and this is that that is the risk with luke any love for Marcus Kinolt down there as well, who is a, we know over here on the European Tour, he's a real Lynx golf specialist, isn't he, Kinolt? Yeah, yeah, US Open debut, it's it's a tough one, I think, for anyone on their, their debut for this, you know, who's who's not a, you know, classed as a proper elite player, I guess, um, coming yeah. through to make the US Open debut. You know, if he makes the cut, then I think that'll be a, that'll be a, a real positive for him, um, for, for him and his career. Um but I, I can't. I wouldn't be using him down there. I don't think. Okay. Right. We've spoken about sub seven thousand. What I'm going to highlight right now, before we actually start going into players more towards the top of the salary, U.S. Open free entry, no deposit offer from DraftKings for new players this week. So, 
if you're one of these, one of the guys that tends to bet and a regular punter on golf, but you haven't played DraftKings, this week is a very, very good week to get involved with DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I will put a link in the description box through to their new customer offer. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, that won't be available. But if you're listening to this uh, across a host of different podcast outlets, it will be available to you. Yeah, um, and if you if you if you're looking on uh, or you're watching it on YouTube, then pop along to our Twitter handles because we've put the link on there over the last day or two, so you'll be able yeah. to pick the uh, pick the the link to the free contest up off of Twitter. It's also available on our right hand nav on the on our actual website. So just click any link through in the description box, and you'll get through to uh, the content, and you'll see the DraftKings offer on the right hand side. So basically, for new customers this week. If you fancy trying DraftKings at the US Open with no deposit required, there's a total of $5,000 in prizes up for grabs and entry is totally free. So as I say, if you've ever fancied trying DraftKings, this week um, is an excellent opportunity to to do that. I know a number of you joined, uh, they had a similar offer at the PGA Championship and I know a number of you joined via um, Golf Betting System and took up that offer for the first time. The first prize in that new player um, league is actually $1,000. So it's completely free to enter, and you do not need to make a deposit to actually access that new player contest at the US Open. It's um, As you say, they ran it at the US PGA, but they've improved it since because the top prize at the US PGA was $100, I believe. And they've changed the um, they've changed the prize structure now. So the top prize is a thousand dollars, and all the way down to one thousand two hundred sixty eighth place will get a return of um, from one one dollar fifty upwards, depending where you finish. Can you see now, how many right, people have entered at the moment? Yeah, right now, right now we've got eight hundred eighteen entries. So um, at the moment, everyone who's entered so far, literally everybody, is in okay. the money. Now, so, we're recording this, just to make you aware, half past nine UK time, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. So basically, what Paul's saying is, if you enter at the moment, you're guaranteed some kind of return. Now, that might not be the case when this goes live on Thursday, but there is an opportunity there for you to play completely free of charge, no deposit, and there's $5,000 up for grabs in that particular league. So I think it's a good offer. Yeah, excellent. And particularly if you've not played before and you're just a bit bit curious about how it all works, um, just pop along, have a, have a play, and uh, there's there's no risk there, is there? It's just uh, exactly. Free, I think what we'll entry, also no we'll also put in the description box, Paul, a link through to your DraftKings Explained article, which is mm-hmm. uh, consistently available on the website. Okay, I'll tell you where I was going to start with this. Um, we did some analysis last week around Pebble Beach top 10 scoring averages you know i've alluded to this already yep went dug in real detail it took about a day and a half to get to it i can see why no one else did it but um it's been well received on twitter this analysis uh, a lot of people have used it across the dfs and betting communities um so what we did we basically looked at all of the um at&t pebble beach national pro-am events that occur here every february and i Drew a line at the US Open and said anything this side of the US Open. So we started in 2011 right through to this year, 2019. And we went through all of the uh, T listings to see um, Pebble Beach only scores from people in the US Open field. 
Now, in certain cases, it actually makes it's actually one round only. So you have to bear all of this in mind. But we've also done a list for players where we've actually cut it to a minimum of eight rounds around Pebble Beach since 2011. Mm. So I'll just read you out the top tens. For the list uh, of players where there is no minimum round requirement, so we've got a couple in here who have only played one single round, but bear that in mind. Gary Woodland ranks out at one at 68. Then we have Daniel Berger at two, Xander Chauflet at three, Brandon Grace and Paul Casey tied at four. Six is Branch Snedeker, and that is worthy of uh, worthy of note on the basis he's played 12, uh, 12 rounds around here. Next up, uh, tied is Aaron Rise, Brooks Kepka. See, I've got it right, Paul. And John Aram. And then finally, in 10th spot, is one Jimmy Walker. Mm. And Jimmy's played a lot of rounds as well. Oh, mate. 12 rounds in that time. If you take that from an eight competitive rounds perspective, so anyone who's played less than that isn't listed. I'll go in reverse order on this. 10 homes, JB. Nine, Patrick Reed, tied with Jason Day. Then we've got Jordan Spieth, uh, Phil Mickelson at six, Brian Stewart at five. Interesting, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Even more interesting in my mind, and one that I wouldn't really consider for a US Open, is Sam Saunders. Good old Sam Saunders. And we know with Sam, put him on a golf course where you can hit nine bogey, uh, nine birdies and three bogeys. He's quite competitive, isn't he, Sam? Mm. Uh, I don't know if that translates to a US Open. Uh, when he's in the top ten after sort of Friday, people can shoot me for that comment. Three is Dustin Johnson. Two is Jimmy Walker. And one is Brant Schnedeker. Mm. Just, just, I'm pinning nothing on these numbers, but... It's very, very simple to look at, at this and say, oh, you know, uh, his record at the that the Preble Breach Pro-Am is absolutely atrocious. But actually, when you dig into it, there's names there, like Xander Chauflet, who missed the cut on his one ever appearance at the Pro-Am. But actually, his best round was a 69-3 under. You think, oh, okay. So clearly, he can get around the course if uh, if circumstances are in the right spot. Yeah. That piece of analysis, again, is available in the podcast description box, and it has proved rather popular. Yeah, I think it's good background, isn't it? Because we are playing a track that is used every year for a regular PGA Tour event, and clearly some players pop up um, more than others on that particular yeah. track. And you know, I think it's interesting that your analysis has, has driven out players that have consistently perform well um, around Pebble. And whether that translates to US Open this week, we'll, we shall see. But at uh, end of the day, it's the same track with the same sight lines, with the same same routing, isn't it? It's just uh, it's going to be set up a little bit different to, to how it is back in February when it's softer and uh, clearly um, earlier, in the, earlier in the season. I think a lot of people are taking on board the fact that at the 2010 US Open, eight out of the top um, 11 finishers all had top 10s at Pebble. Yeah, some some people are taking that on board. Some people are kind of saying, "Oh, that's that's all fair and good," but you know, we're uh, nine years down the line and golf's changed slightly. So it's uh, you know, this is it. You make your own decisions, don't you? Yeah. Should we talk the top four in the market? Mm. We've uh, we've we've spoken about some scrubs, haven't we? Should we talk about the big boys? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we've got six, haven't we? We're 10,000 and above. Mm. So, Kepka, DJ, Woods, McElroy, Spieth, and the massively well-backed and fancied Patrick Cantlay, who's um, over here in the UK, has been tipped up by all and sundry, and uh, his price in the outright market is plummeting like a like a stone. Uh, you you told me this morning you thought his price was obscene. <laughs> I think he's, I think it is obscene, obscenely short. Uh, I don't think know. I've ever seen him at ten million either in DraftKings. That that's a that's a new departure for him as well, isn't it? 10k is yeah that's 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 i mean and that's representative is where he is in the in the outright market i'm i'm seeing him as short as 14 to 1 to win his first major championship mm. um i'm seeing tiger woods in places at 14 to 1 at the moment this is the guy who won by 15 shots back in 2000 um and so yeah has 15 majors behind him mm. it's it, it, you've got to, i mean it's yeah I had a serious think about putting him in my um, betting tips this week, as you as you would. But um, in the end, there were a certain amount of things that put me off. One of them being that price. Yeah. But um, yes, we've got four play- uh, six players there in that super price point. Where do you stack up with them? I, I, I'm going to run through some stats in a couple of seconds mm. just to show, say where their games are from an approach and around the green perspective. But what 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 are your feelings about the big six this week? Who who would you be building or who have you built teams around and who have you discarded this week? Well, I think you I think you've got to take a view on them, haven't you? Because um, yeah. you could you could end up with an awful lot of teams if you try and try and build permutations with all six in um i've swerved brooks kepka i've swerved justin uh, jordan spieth i've swerved patrick cantley i mean brooks whether yeah well firstly if he wins this week um that's three on the trot for the us open that's you know i remember you you quoted some stat that's not happened for like 100 years or whatever the number was and it's uh it's going going back an awful long time. That's Willie Anderson, and, wasn't it? <laughs> Willie, Anderson, Willie Anderson, 1902 through 04 or something. Yeah, and that you know if we Brooks Kepka wins, if Brooks Kepka wins the US Open for the third time in the trot, and his recent um, major championship form, you can't dispute it. You can't dispute his game. Um, whether a firm and fast pebble beach really suits his game, where his biggest asset, his long, accurate enough driving um, isn't going to be such a factor here because players are all going to be um, pretty much playing from the same kind of position. They're, you know, Depending which, whichever club you choose, they're all going to be attacking from roughly the same kind of spot, assuming they hit the fairways. And yes, he's, he's had one attempt at Pebble Beach. He finished eighth there. Um, uh, GMAC, when he won in 2010, his best effort, his best finishing at Pebble Beach was eighth. You know, There's some correlation there. Mm. Um, but... Um, for top price, and he is going to be popular, of course, given his major uh, pedigree of late. And um, I'm happy to to go one side and, uh, and 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 leave him out all of all of my lineups this week. Um, Jordan Spieth, another one. I and mean, his putting of late, his strokes game putting has been um, elevating rapidly over the last few months, um, and uh, it will need to be exceptional this week. His short game will need to be exceptional if he's going to contend. Um, 
That's not to say he can't, because if he does do that and the rest of his game is adequate enough, then perhaps he will. But I think Poana is his weakest suit in terms of his in terms of putting surfaces, and um, I don't think his long game is going to be good enough this week to uh, to see him through. And uh, Patrick Cantlay is just far too expensive for me. Far I'm relating. I'm relating your words to Tiger Woods, and I watched Tiger Woods's um, full press conference yesterday. Because mm. I always you get you glean some good information from Tiger. This is exactly what he said about Pebble Beach. Uh, how now? How do you put the ball in the correct position? Is the key. These greens, we don't face greens like this. This small and this steep, and so it puts a premium on iron play because I feel like most of the field can drive the ball in the fairways. They're pretty wide. The golf course is not overly long. It's where to put the ball in the right spots so you can have some putts that are uphill and birdieable. Mm. And he also says, the longer guys will be hitting a shorter club this week, the shorter guys will be able to sneak a driver down there. We're all playing from the same spots. Yeah. And it's yeah, that phrase that I think is critical to get your head around when you're looking at these guys at the top of the market, isn't it? Because what Tiger's effectively saying there, in my mind, is that someone like Brooks Kepka, who can overpower a golf course, that's how he went, won the US Open at Erin Hills. That's yeah. how he won the US Open at Shinnecock. That's how he won the two PGA Championship titles. That option is null and void at Pebble Beach. Mm -hmm. So then we're looking at key stats, aren't we? We're looking at player characteristics. And here you go. I'm taking the top six. Um, and I'll just run through. I'll, I'll run through the the players in in that top six category. These are their strokes gained around the green and strokes gained on approach. I'll start with approach. Uh, Woods thirteenth on approach strokes gained. McElroy fifth. Johnson sixteenth. Kepka eleventh. Cantlay tenth. So there you go. Look, I mean, they're all much of a muchness with their irons and their longer longer woods here into greens, right? Yeah. Jordan Spieth, 144th. Yeah, but that, that kind of backs up the point I made. Yeah, it's, that, it's that backs up the point. entirely reliant on his short yeah. game at the moment. So then we think to ourselves, well, okay, we're going to be missing lots and lots of greens this week. Who's got a short game? Mm. Tiger Woods, 8th. McElroy, 40th. Dustin Johnson, 52nd. Brooks Kepka, 119th. Strokes gained around the green. Patrick Cantlay, 13th. Jordan Speed, 37th. If you, looked at, if you looked at that around the green number for Jordan Speed over his last two to three performances, that'd be far, far better than that. But then yeah. he was starting from a base of about 180th. Yeah, when we actually came. Yeah, exactly. When we, were, when we actually started May. He's around the, game, uh, around the green game at the moment. He's at a different level. But you see, those numbers are interesting to me. So if you're looking at it statistically... Um, from a kind of who's consistent right now on both elements of the game, you would be looking at Cantlay, you would be looking at Tiger Woods. They're the two standouts in of the, of the top six. There's weaknesses there for Kepka. There's there. I'm not sure that there's a statistical weakness for Rory McIlroy, but the trouble with Rory is, and as this is well known, that on any golf course that where a single-digit winning score is going to be the uh, the actual total that's required, McElroy doesn't appear at the top of leaderboards. 
And it kind of goes back to what Tiger was saying because, again, Rory's game is built on dominating from the tee. Yep. Getting, getting his ball into positions on the fairway that most of the rest of the field can't get to. And then, of course, his approach play with very uh, with shorter irons in hand actually basically uh, takes him to a different level, doesn't it? And if he makes some putts, which he does, you know, Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. When he does, he's unbeatable, isn't it? And that's exactly what yeah. we saw in Canada. Yeah, and that Canada, I mean, it does does throw the cat amongst the pigeons, that winning cat at Canada, doesn't it? Because, again, his price was um, established was before that. Mm. Um, he's now moved to favourite or joint favourite in terms of the outright betting. Um, yet is 1,000, 1,100 um, lighter than Brooks Kepka at the top. I, I have, and I, I will use further further use Rory in some of my teams. I won't go overweight on him, but I will use him in some because I can't disregard him. I can't disregard that performance last week because if he does hit it as well again from tee to green, um, his, his wedges are as strong as they were last week. And as you say, if he finds sufficient putts, then he's not going to be far away at all. Um, I don't think it really lends itself to being... You know, to appealing to his strengths, uh, same as Kepka, as you say, it's you know it does nullify his strengths to a degree. But when he finds top gear, Rory, he can produce consecutive wins. We've seen it before. When was it back in twenty fourteen when he won the? Uh, it was the Open then, Akron, wasn't it? And then he won the USPGA after that. Three on the trot. Um, I think he got two in the two on the trot. The um, in the playoffs back in twenty twelve as well, didn't he? So. When he finds top form, Rory, he can continue to uh, to, to produce the goods. And um, I just, I, I'd say I won't go overweight on him. I think it's no. just uh, try and try and keep him, you know, around about twenty percent of the teams. I think are going to be uh, going to be the trick for me. For but me, yeah. the player of the top six that I'm going to be relying on the most would be Tiger Woods. Yep, no, I agree. I agree. Would I mean, you place fifteen shot win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you place in second of the top six? Um, purely on the strength of his um, uh, his Pebble Beach record, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, yeah. I mean, twentieth last week, he didn't break sweat last week, did he? It was just purely a you know a, a, a spin for four rounds. It was um, from a position where he looked like he could miss the cut. Clearly, wanted to play a bit of golf, made the cut, and just uh, kind of ambled his way through to twentieth yeah. spot. Um, his conversion rate at the majors for actually winning. Out, you know, winning major championships from the positions he's been in is poor. Um, and again, if you're looking at him from a an outright betting perspective, I'm you know it's not for me. But in terms of a player who is pretty likely to be in a, a strong scoring position from a drafting perspective, I think Dustin Johnson's going to be going to be up there. So this yeah. this week is all going to be about final position, though. Again, isn't it a bit like the PGO? Do you think where you, could, yeah. you know, if you're spending this kind of money, you're picking the winner, aren't you? Yeah, or, you I mean, know, or first and second. I know that didn't a lot of uh, didn't the winning team, uh, the million millionaire maker, at the PGA have both Kepka and DJ in it. Yeah, and I think that was the that was the only way to to get close to a winning mm. winning total. And you know, it, it it may well be a similar scenario now where you need to get a couple of guys who are going to finish first and second. And so you're going take... DJ and Woods in that circumstance, are you? If yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, the way the way that I've structured a lot of my teams, either uh, DJ Woods, Rory Woods, or 
Um, Woods and a couple of players who are in the, the nine or high eight bracket as, as yep. a starting point. It does put massive pressure on you picking the right players at the kind of the, the low sevens and high sixes. And I think that's where it's going to be won and lost this week from a from a DraftKings perspective. Okay. I'm with you on those. I'm I'm with you on Dustin Johnson and McElroy, certainly. Mm. Uh, sorry, I'm with you on Dustin Johnson and Woods. And for Woods, me, yeah. I... For me, of the top six, I probably this is my in my in my, my own mind. I would prioritise someone like Spieth over McElroy. I can see Spieth grinding his way around to a top six, top seven finish. I could see McElroy. I could see him mid pack. I really could because I just don't think this is his kind of goal. Yeah, as I say, I, I'm not going to go mad on him. I just I've got this no. nagging doubt that he can continue his form for a second week and if he does I want to have yeah, yeah, enough, of course, I understand. N- enough teams out there and this is it you can't, you can't build that kind of situation mm. in where you, you know, the, the one the, the sort of elephant in the room there is potentially Cantlay who's clearly the, the biggest form horse on the planet right now yep. but yeah, his, his numbers stack up um, he's got a top 10 at Pebble Beach um, a lot of people think he's going to win it this week so a lot of people will be shouting into their uh uh, their computer or their device that they're listening to. Why aren't you prioritising Cantlay near the top of these top six? But I don't know. I don't know. It's just He's got to it's take a tough read, isn't it? You yeah. you need someone that you know. I don't know. It's difficult. Very very difficult. I can't say much more than that. No, no, I, I, I. I there's no there's no justifiable reason to to oppose him that's the that's the biggest challenge with this and even the numbers that you read through a second ago oh yeah yeah um you know from T to green is is there his short game is is on point he's got the form um you know he's got the smattering of pebble beach form as well it's the the, the pricing is probably right but it just doesn't fit comfortably for me personally okay now who else around that kind of 9,000 and above mark are you tapping into this week? We're talking Molinari, Jason Day, John Rahm, it won't be him, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose. Any interest in those guys? Or are, you, are you thinking that that's a kind of range that you can actually jump below Yeah, and build I, the, from there? There's, there's not a lot that interests me there, I must say, because... No. Justin Rose is struggling with his irons, and that really that's not really his game, is it? Um, Ricky Fowler probably gets into top 20 or thereabouts, but is that good enough at this price? Justin Thomas is still re- recovering from that injury, isn't he? Rahm, as you say, has he got the mentality for a US Open? Not convinced. And Francesco Molinari, um, colonial, he only just struggled to hit 50% of Green's regulation, and that's. I know, and that's, that's his bread the, and butter. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's and his, put, his putting was back to stand, wasn't it? He was missing plenty of four-foot birdies on the par fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's got to I prop w- him I up. Wouldn't touch, I wouldn't touch Molinari with yours, personally. No, no, it, it, it does worry me that um, his, his stats and his performances of late just don't seem to be there. Jason Day has clearly got a great record around here, and he's now got Steve with him in terms mm. of caddying. Steve yeah. Williams. Do you see any bounce back from Day? The one that I have included in a number of teams, well, not a number of teams, again, a, a few teams, is Jason Day. Mm. Um, 
the problem with that is he could he could win the tournament or he could withdraw, um, and you you're taking a risk with him. But I think when you're trying to make inroads into a big GPP, then I think the risks need to be taken here and there. And this this is a risk that I'm willing to take in a few teams. I think that Steve Williams um, appointment is big. Yeah, um, I think it's an important one for him. Um, he's great on Poana, isn't he? he loves Pebble yeah. Beach, as you say. Um, it's just his recent form hasn't been great, but then we know with Jason Day that um, he can he can just find it. And uh, again, like Dustin Johnson, though his conversion rate at major championships isn't the best. Um, but do you you know would you settle from a DK perspective of getting him into a, a tie for fourth? Yeah, I expect so. From memory yeah. with Steve Williams, when he teamed up with Adam Scott a few years ago, the the kind of impact was immediate. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, with the knowledge and the way that. Williams can motivate Scott. Scotty started playing a lot better golf straight away. Now that could be the case with Jason Day. I, I can see that. I'm a little yeah. bit torn. I'm a little bit torn on Justin Thomas. It has to be said. I know that other guys out there are sweet on him. I know Pat Mayo is extremely sweet on him. Jeff Feinberg. Mm. Um, his tee to green game in Canada was exceptional. But yes, he, he putted abysmally. Now you can see that warming up. But I'm not. I'm not sure, just looking at Justin's uh, schedules of the past and the way that he's played Torrey Pines and the way that he's played Pebble, i.e. he really hasn't, if he's that comfortable on pure Poana greens. Yeah. And I've read some comments from him in previous interviews that says, yeah, he finds Poana pure, West Coast Poana, very, very difficult because clearly he's a boy from Kentucky that never grew up on that kind of surface. Yeah. If you put if you throw some bent grass in there so you get the mix of Bent and Poana like you get at um, Firestone where he won like a couple of years. Was it last year or the, I think it was last yeah. year he won at Firestone, didn't he? He can cope with that. But it's these West Coast Poana greens. Um, so I'm kind of torn on Thomas whether to include him. I might include him in a couple of my lineups. Mm. Of, of of that range, put that way, of that range, the only players I have interest in is either JT or JD. Yeah. The others, Fowler, no, Rose. I think the move that he's taken to these Honma clubs and the fact that he's had trouble with with Fooch, who's now off the bag again because he's of his illness. I think that's really upset just the balance yeah. of of yeah. the whole team. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be on Rose this week. I know. Um, that's something I'm not interested in. So of those two, we're we're talking. You're you're definitely a Jason Day fan, and I'm kind of Day and Thomas. If yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a tentative Jason Day fan, I think. But um, yeah, I, in, I, in I a think, limited limited exposure kind of way. Yeah, I, I think he. You know, you, you could see that if he has a very strong week, which you know there, there are big question marks, but if he has a very strong week. I think it'd be relatively lightly owned because of the risk that's involved with with taking him in in, yeah. um, in any of your teams, and that could be the could be the play that uh, that, that uh, you know produces the pivot really. But we'll see. Now, are you licking your chops of the eight thousand and above range? <laughs> Woodland, Deshambo, Mickelson, Casey, Finau, Cooch, Scott, Zander. Matsuama, Fleetwood. Mm. I've some certainly used a lot name. more There's of these. interesting names in there, isn't there? Yeah, I've certainly used a lot more of these, I must say. 
And mm. we had some questions about Tommy Fleetwood, and again, I think his uh, I think his game fits. He's got some great uh, form at the Dunhill Links on the European Tour. He's got four top fives there, a couple yeah. of second place finishes. Grew up in Southport, um, didn't he? I mean, we, yeah, he we, did, we yeah. saw the course a few weeks ago where he grew up. Yeah, Hillside, yeah, top yeah. 10 there, despite the fact that he was hosting and had all of those um, those extra bur- that extra burden on him for the week as well. Um, he's an interesting runner, 8-9. Um, Hideki, I know Barry's on him, Barry from our, our regular podcast, and he's, he's quite a sweet one this week. Yeah. And he's got um, you know, he's got a good consistent US Open record, hasn't he? You know, five of his last or five of his seven US Open starts have been top twenties. Yeah. And at eight eight, you know, if he finishes tenth, twelfth, is that reward enough? Yeah, quite possibly, I guess. Xander, um I back Xander outright. I think Xander's got a chance of winning the whole tournament and yeah. uh, fifth and sixth in his two US open starts is exactly what you want from a from a guy at eight seven, I think you've backed Adam Scott, um, and again, uh, you know, there's 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 good case to be made for him. He's playing some great golf, isn't he? Kuchar, I've, I've included Kuchar in some uh, some of my teams as well. You know, he's, he's massively consistent of late, isn't he? Yeah. Despite all of the shenanigans that are going on with him, um, from a personal perspective or um, from an on course perspective, that, that really shouldn't be um, really shouldn't be happening, Matt. But um, but yeah, does that. Uh, yeah, then the bad a, boy win. Then there's a couple of names that it's kind of marmite, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> if you're in America, it's kind of black and white would be the phrase in terms of some people, you know, you're either a female truther or you're not a female truther or you're either... And over over here in the UK, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still quite a strong view over in the States, Paul Casey. I mean, you, you, either, like, you either like him or loathe him, Paul Casey. Where, yeah. where are you on board with Finau and Casey? I've got um, a I've, feeling I've, you won't be touching either. <laughs> um, I've, I've not touched Fina, but I can see the logic with him. And he has got a couple of mid-pack finishes at Pebbles, so there's something to grab onto there, isn't he? Um, I've played a little bit of Paul Casey. I wouldn't touch him in the outright market, but um, I think there's enough to justify including him a little bit here. I think he'll be, again, he'll be largely overlooked. He withdrew on his last start with the flu. It wasn't anything major. No. Um, I backed him outright that week, so, so um, it, yeah, so that w- wasn't ideal. But uh, I think he'll be largely left alone. And I think these some of these European players um, will be largely left alone. So I think he could be a good play. Yeah. Um, lefty, I've backed first round leader, but I don't think he'll stick around for the full four days. I think that the uh, the fact that he's going for his personal grand slam, if he gets into any kind of position, may well. May all start to prey in his mind a bit, and uh, he's been getting. He started well at the Masters, didn't he? he started well at the PGA, and yeah. um, both times he faded away. And you know, despite his massive love for for Pebble Beach, was he won five times around there in his career so far? It's um, I, I can't uh, I can't include him in a team where I think that if he even if he does start well, he'll he'll drift away a little bit. Bryson's an interesting one. Um, he's he was far better at Memorial than he had been recently. Third for scrambling, five wins in the past year, and I think he could be one that's largely overlooked as well this week at eight one. So mm. a little smattering of Bryson in my uh, yeah. In my there was lineups. a little bit more of his normal game appearing at M- Muirfield Village, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I spotted that. I'm just trying and to bring him up. Yeah, he was. Um, 18th for driving accuracy. He was uh, he was also 
Uh, very good with his, uh, his driving in terms of strokes gained as well. 15th for strokes gained. So mm -hmm. that was a little bit more like the DeChambeau we're used to seeing. Yeah. Third for total driving. Sixth for all round I've got here. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And your man Gary. Must have, must have putted exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, when he finds his game, you know, he's a, he's a formidable player, isn't he? Yeah. And Gary Woodland topped one of your stats, didn't he? For, um, for That average score, yeah. 68. Yeah. Pebble. Uh, and again, there's... There's enough to like again with Gary. He's going to have to hit a lot of greens in regulation because his short game doesn't tend to be um, the best at the right kind of level to compete in this. But uh, if he can find, you know, if he can be top five for greens in regulation for the week and putt averagely enough and scramble well enough, then he he could reward at eight thousand. I haven't on included the, him. I must say, but on the basis, this is going to be, I think, quite. I heard an interview with uh, Kevin Kisner yesterday, mm. and Kisner was talking about you know you know fifty degrees Fahrenheit and it's you know it's like being on the back it's like being in the Arctic, and that's <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of American players will be feeling like that. I think on that basis, and we've said you know we've said with Danny Willett, we've said a, if you've got some open championship or links golf heritage, I think mm. that's going to pay huge dividends this week. So I think Tommy Fleetwood at eight nines a great DraftKings play. I think Xander Schauffele can play anywhere, any course, as long as it's a big major tournament. And bear in mind, he was second at the Open Championship last year on his Open debut. I think it was his Open debut, but anyway, yep. he had minimal Open Championship experience. That says everything about Xander. That course was firm and fiery, wasn't it, over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. And he mixed it with the very best. So I, I've got no. Um, issues with Xander in my teams this week. Um, I'm not sure about Matsuama. Um, I think Kuchar is a very consistent play, and I think, lo and behold, it would be difficult not to include Paul Casey in some lineups as well, like you have. They're they're the four that are jumping out in that range for me. Mm. Fleetwood's X Man, Cooch, and Paul Casey. Yeah. Yeah, Xander for me is the one that I've played most heavily out of that. I must say, I think he's I think he's got a good chance of having a very good week this week. Right, we're into a very juicy bracket then, aren't we? From seven thousand and up. I'm not going to list them through them all. I mean, if we listed through them all, it's going to take twenty minutes. Mm. Um, there's one player at the very base of that. 7,000 and above bracket and it's not Keegan Bradley and It's uh, the, who I'm very very sweet on this week I know you are and that is Jimmy Walker mm -hmm. who I think is an absolute bargain <laughs> don't yep. you? yep no, Jimmy I've, I've used him in, in, again in a number of my teams um, he got great record at Pebble wasn't he full stop but um um, well, I think what's going to happen here, and you shoot me down in flames if I'm wrong, I think I think Brant Schnedeker is going to be probably the most exposed player in the whole of DraftKings this week. Mm. And if you're looking for pivot plays in this kind of arena, this kind of area of the of the of the of the of the, of the draft, I think Walker is a great play. 
Yeah, there's a few, isn't there, in that bracket who played well last week and, again, their price isn't really representative of that. Snedeker's one, Shane Lowry's another. Yeah. Um, you know, Jimmy Walker did play well um, for patches last week. I mean, actually, his, his stats were far better yeah. than his finishing position, which is why I think it makes him interesting because we've talked before about how he's been improving from off the tee and third for total driving last week, sixth yeah. for ball striking. Um, are two numbers you don't tend to associate with Jimmy Walker. And you combine that with the fact that he's strong on, on Poana, strong on the West Coast, very strong at Pebble, full stop. He's got his Pebble win. Yeah. Um, four more top tens he's got as well, I think, around Pebble He was Beach. third for total driving and fifth for all round last week. Yeah. Fifth for all round, yeah. Ninth for driving, actually. That isn't a number you see with Jimmy, is it? No, 70% 70, 70 scrambling as well. I mean, the, every aspect of his game... Um, was working and it was only the fact that he made I think he, he could have had three bogey free rounds last week he was bogey free on on Thursday he doubled the um, last on Saturday he you know, bogeyed the last on Sunday outside of that he made no bogeys he, his game is very 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 close I think and tight yeah yeah he combined that with the fact that he's coming to a course that he loves he's got some great success on it and he's driving the ball he's playing from tee to green he's He's, um, his long game is better than it has been for a long, long time. I think there's a lot to like at Jimmy at 7,000. Again, I've, I've gone quite heavily into Jimmy Walker this week and backed him out right as well. I think he's, I think he's a good play full stop this week. Hmm. I think there's another player in there that I've, I've got a feeling you're going to like. I'm not sure that a lot of the DraftKings community are going to be particularly on him. He might be a little bit under the radar. Saying that, I think he's been... Bit boosted up again by Pat Mayo is Tyrrell Hatton, yep, who is an absolute links golf course animal, and he's playing no, some no. good golf at the moment. Hatton, absolutely, I've backed Hatton outright. Um, I think mm. uh, I think Hatton's got got, got a chance of uh, of top ten in in this event. And uh, as you said, if you go back to his European Tour efforts, um, twice a winner at the Alfred Dunhill Links, he was second last year as well so three very strong finishes there um, sixth in this last year and a, a smattering of recent form as well again at 7-2 there's an awful lot to like I think I think a lot of people associate the outburst that he has with kind of John Rahm but I think Tyrrell actually can turn those outbursts into positive sort of momentum he uses that to actually start playing better yeah yeah. Um, yeah, he's an emotional sort, isn't he? But I don't think he... It doesn't tend to throw all of his toys out of the pram like John does, which um, is, is slightly slightly better. And you know, from a US Open perspective, you've got to be able to channel that to a degree um, because you're going to be faced with adversity. Yeah. There's going to be tough holes. You're going to go through stretches where you can't make birdies. And, you know, you've just got to hang on for, for grim death, really. He was 10th for ball striking last time out at Muirfield Village. 13th for driving accuracy. 11th for greens in regulation. Mm -hmm. And at the PGA Championship, 3rd for driving accuracy. 9th for greens in regulation. Yeah. The putter's been awful of late. It has to be said. But I don't think it's going to be a putting contest. As long as you're avoiding uh, three putts, you're okay. No, and he's, he's a great mid-range putter from 20, yeah. 25 feet. He's, and there are going to be times when you're making or being forced to make 20, 25 footers for par this week. Um, or, you know, the chances you have for birdie may well be from, from mid to long range. Um, and you've got to be able to take a few of them. And when, when Tyrrell gets a little bit of form, a little bit of confidence with the mid-range putts, he can make a few. And 
yeah, I, I quite fancy him to have a good week this week. Okay, so we're on like we're we're both on board those particular players in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else? I mean, it's <laughs> Brant Schnedeker is rather obvious, isn't he? At seven five. Yeah, Shane Lowry as well. You've got him up first round leader. I can I can definitely see that. I can see him yeah. getting a very fast start, Shane. Yeah, yeah. No, I've played a bit of Shane. I've played a bit of Snedeker because I don't think you can you can dispute his facts. Um, Matt Wallace is another one who's um, rapidly coming mm. through the ranks, and uh, he had a great showing at the PGA, didn't he? He was yeah. um, he, he was in the mix for the entire four days. Didn't drop away. And uh, ultimately finished third. He's up to twenty fifth, twenty sixth in the world now, and he's got his always oh, set firmly on being a, a top ten player. And I think that's where he's heading. I think he's got that kind of quality, and um, I'm happy to give him a give him a chance this week. Again, I don't think he'll be massively overowned. I think the, a lot oh, of these no. Europeans won't be. I mean, you listen to this this part of this 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 actual segment is fascinating for me. Seven five. You've got Schnedeker, Lowry, Poulter. 7-6, you've got Wallace, Bubba Watson, Henrik Stenson. Mm. And then you've got Rory Sabatini at 7-7. Whatever you do, chaps, no one put him, Rory Sabatini <laughs> in there. His famous <laughs> record words. is absolutely shocking. And then you've also got Kevin Nahr and Webb Simpson. There's some really interesting players in that little segment yeah. there. Yeah. Would you? Where would you be in terms of... Would you take Stenson over Wallace? I know, I know Sten- a lot of people are going to be very, very sweet on Stenson this week at 7-6. And you're, you're, you're putting up Wallace. I'm not That's sure it. I disagree, to be fair. Because I, I struggle with Henrik on the basis that, yes, he'll hit tons of fairways. Yes, he'll hit a level of greens. But if he misses a green, the way that he scrambles is absolutely shocking at the moment. Well, you say that, and then you look at his scrambling at Canada. He he was eighty percent scrambling, and you know he, whether whether and it's a different ball game. I understand because the scrambling conditions in Canada versus what we'll see at Pebble with chalk and cheese, but he won't have to use driver uh, much at all this week. He can rely on his trusty three wood to get himself into position. Yeah, um, his long game did seem to be back on track in Canada using that, and I say he, he scrambled well. That's um, yeah, I'm, but you 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 say that for scrambling, which is a true statistic. Yeah, in terms of a strokes gained around the green in Canada, he was sixty yeah. fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as I often say, I, I I how you can be in the top ten for scrambling and vir- virtually at the bottom for strokes gained, I I don't know how that's worked out. But yeah, well, yeah, he, he, he clearly he, he clearly saved par um, and just didn't convert a number of his birdie opportunities, which. Is that a better scenario for a US Open where the pressure is more on protecting your par rather than uh, rather than making a string of birdies potentially? I've have gone you fairly. Included Stenson in your life. I have, yeah. I've gone fairly. I've gone fairly even between Stenson and Wallace, and I think both of them warrant some support actually. A little bit of Kevin Nahr, a little bit uh, Webb Simpson as well. I know you're keen yeah. on Simpson outright. Um, I think there's there's enough to like with both of those guys. And you've well. avoided Brant like the plague. No, no, I've included, again, gone quite level with him because I think he will be um, heavily over-owned and I think um, quite rightly as well. Um, And you could choose to completely swerve him, but um, I think that could be a mistake on the basis that if he finishes fifth or eighth or ninth or whatever, you know, a a decent enough position, then 
he justifies his price at that level. So I can see that. I can see a it Kevin, I, Yeah, I could see a Kevin now top 10 as well, which at 7-7 seven, yep. seven is, you know, he played exceptional golf, golf at Colonial. We know he's got a couple of top fives here at Pebble. Yep, yeah, he's, got he's, he's fifth mixed there, it he? in majors, isn't he? I think it was eighth at um, Oakmont a few years ago at the USO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventh he thing, can yeah. grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of Kevin Nile. This is a juicy range, isn't it? As you say, because you can make a case for even you know the likes of Kevin Kisner, who seems to raise his game um, at some of the bigger events as well. He said yeah. in the podcast that for the four play podcast that he's going to have a decent week. He said, he said, I'm all right. And I think last time he said that, he, he kind of contended at Carnoustie. Yeah. So he's clearly confident going in, Kisner. Yeah. 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 I mean, he hasn't done much since he won the uh, the match play um, earlier no. in the year. But, uh, but he's but, one that pops, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Kime has shown a little bit recently. Um, and uh, It's interesting because the one thing that's really been letting him down lately has been his putting. And then... Uh, he was second for putting in at Memorial, um, and that's a, that's a real step in the right direction for for Martin Clymer. He's one to consider, I think. So they're the guys that we fancy in that range. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'd like to fancy Brandon Grace, but he's playing so badly at the moment. Yeah. I can't. No. No. I mean, you can make a case for Jim Furyk again, as always. Um, he's got some decent finishes at uh, Pebble, hasn't he? And he's got, yeah, you know, we US know he's got that U- US Open mentality, isn't he? Is that kind of kind yeah. of playing? He's still finding fairways and greens for for uh, with ease, isn't he? It's a massively positive, consistent part of his game, even at his uh, his age. I think there's yes. going to be quite a few teams that are very, very sweet around this. You I mean you could virtually on the you could build a predominant part of your lineup here just in that in that segment. Yeah, you can, and I think it's it's interesting because you can then pick a couple of players from the top of your, the top of the market, um, and then if you can find four players in this you know bracket between the high sixes and low sevens to fill the other four spots, then yeah. you can can produce a team. And as you said at the at the PGA Championship, that was exactly the way to. To yeah. complete a winning lineup, so um, I've, I'm going to structure a few of my teams in that uh, in, in, in that manner. In that manner. Absolutely. Hmm. People often ask, who who you know who are the, who are the players to swerve this week? And they say, oh, yeah, yeah. we had some feedback, didn't we, this week? You know, in terms from a betting perspective, you know, who who are your lays of the week? Who who aren't who aren't going to do well this week? From a DraftKings perspective, what landmine? Who? What landmines do you think are out there? I'm going nowhere near Justin Rose. I'm going nowhere near John Rahm. I've got serious. I'm not going near him, but I've got serious doubts about Francesco Molinari. And they're three strong, strong players who, um, mm. you know, could, could and perhaps should contend. But um, Sergio Garcia has missed what seven majors on the trot, I think, in terms of his missed cuts. So, yeah, again, is another one. Shocking. Yeah. Bubba Watson's another one I'm going nowhere near. Oh, R- Rory Sabatini, don't mention mention him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's he's been playing some decent enough stuff, but yeah, I'll, I'll get you get your point with, with Sabatini. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot you can make a tentative case for, but uh, but yeah, there's a few of the guys that I really can't go anywhere near whatsoever. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. 
I might add Ricky Fowler to that list if I was being really, really. Yeah, uh, I can, I can, yeah, I can say Ricky top twenty. Top I think twenty, and, but you need a bit more at nine five, don't you? Yeah, you do. I do. You do. And uh, and you know, if you're particularly sweet on Ricky, I can see a, a justification for including him. But um, it needs to be um, eighth rather than eighteenth to make it uh, to make it count, really. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing on any of those names you mentioned. That has to be said. Right, I think that's just about us then, isn't it? Yeah, lots to ponder. A few more lineups to uh, to try and complete. I think I don't see any just I don't see any differentials in terms of weather and timings and tea times, whatever. Is that it seems fairly consistent, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The wind's not going to be a major factor this week. Looking at the forecast, so it's going to it's going to come down to who plays the best golf, which is um, which is the best scenario. I think there's, there's no sob stories out there for um, for people getting caught out on the wrong side of the draw. So, okay, make your decisions and uh, and stick with your convictions. I think. Yeah. If you've made it this far and you haven't played DraftKings yet, you're clearly keen. So don't forget that uh, that free no deposit five thousand dollar contest for new customers this week, new players. So yeah, I've put a link in the description if you are listening to this on podcast. And of course, it's available at Golf Betting System. Uh, just look on the right hand nav; uh, you will find that particular opening deal. Um. It's been a pleasure as always, Paul. I'm really, really looking forward to this US Open. I think it's going to be an absolute, bril- absolutely brilliant tournament. I've just got a feeling about it. Yeah. Even though I had iconic, Brooks in the PGA, there was something about it where it was almost, he was so far ahead, it got a little bit tedious. I mean, clearly the, the, the finish was quite stressful in the end. But I've got a feeling that there isn't going to be a kind of runaway situation this week. I think there could be... All we want is a number of players that are fighting it out at the end, don't we? And, you know, if you've got DraftKings teams that are up there and reliant on those players, it's going to be an exciting old time. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's... uh... Yeah, it's got all the hallmarks of a, a, a cracking event, I think. And uh, there's a lot of players playing some good golf at the moment. And uh, there's a lot of players who aren't playing quite so good golf, but have got decent Pebble Beach records who mm. uh, could also pop up and contend. So there's so many angles to explore this week. It does make yeah. it a fascinating event, I must say. Well, thank you for your time. It's been much appreciated. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Best another of luck dra- DraftKings pod in the, uh, in, in the uh, in history. Um all I will say is thank you for those questions as well. And thank you to all the listeners, as ever. The feedback this week and just the visitor numbers we've had at Golf Bank System have been very, very strong, very, very, very encouraging. So thank you to one and all. We will see you again next week. We're back to the standard format of European Tour and PGA Tour next week. But uh, as ever at Golf Betting System, we will be with you then. So thank you for listening and see you again soon. Bye. <laughs>